People say ignorance is bliss, but I think ignorance is inaction in a way, you know? And I'm not blaming people for not knowing things. I don't agree with ignorance is bliss. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. Right at the beginning of my podcast recording, I had my kids as guests. It was episode 11, two years ago, and we talked about how we used to travel together. And um, they both sort of told me how they felt about all this traveling. But today I have my son only, Alexander Dufixis. We call him Alexi. He's on holidays in Cyprus at the moment. He normally lives in Switzerland and he's going to move somewhere else. We'll talk about that in a minute. And um, we are going to have a little chat about all this, his worldviews, about how all this traveling has affected his life and so many other things. We'll see where it takes us. Welcome to Most Memorable Journeys, Alexander Tufexis. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. You are on holidays in Cyprus at the moment. You grew up here, but you have been studying in Switzerland. And um, we traveled a lot when you were a child. How did all this traveling as a child affect your travel habits or affect your view of uh, the world? Uh, I think it made everything so... Interesting. It opened up a curiosity inside of me to visit a lot of places, to find out about different places, different countries, different cultures. And um, yeah, obviously the things that I paid attention to evolved throughout the years. You know, as a child, you just want to have fun. You, I don't know, you want to get gifts and stuff. Yeah, it's just this curiosity, I think, that was cultivated i think humans have that inherently we like to discover new places and stuff but yeah fascination for different places you come from two very different cultures your dad is from cyprus this uh, island in the south in the mediterranean sea and quite far down nearly in the middle east even though we are part of europe but we're very far in this uh, mentality of being a little different and then my side your mother's side who is swiss which is like very orderly very organized and you've been living in switzerland for How long? Five years? Six years now? Almost six. Almost six years. How do you feel about those two very, very different cultures? Well, when I was in Cyprus, I feel like I was ready to leave at some point, especially considering that the last thing I did here before moving was the army. So I was ready to go. I was ready to go to Switzerland um, and start studying. But I, I quickly noticed that people are quite closed off in Switzerland. They keep to themselves. They have, at first, they kind of have trouble opening up. And there's a lot of theories that I have myself about this, but we don't really have to go into that. But uh, I was lucky enough that Natalie, my sister, was there and her... Um, circle of friends kind of integrated me so that was that was great but other than that yeah it's this 
very organized, um, very on time, which was different to here, and that's obviously great. But funnily enough, as time progressed, I think I kind of got stressed out by that, um, you know, this rhythm of life, which always expects you to be ready to be, to just create and produce, be productive. Uh, obviously, this evolved with my my ideological background and my political leanings and stuff and getting, you know, becoming aware of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's quite polarized how Cyprus is very slow in a way and Switzerland is very fast. Do you think life would be easier if you didn't have two conflicting cultures Would, is life for people who are just from one country and whose parents are from the same country, who always live in the same country, is life easier for them? I think 90 to 95% of your worries can be solved with adequate uh, resources. And I think even history has shown that uh, two different cultural backgrounds lived in harmony when the people had enough to eat, just enough or a bit more than that, when everyone was treated fairly in that sense. I think we should allow for cultural diversity, of course. There's no question about that. But a lot of these conflicts that arise in the world, which are blamed on cultural differences, in my opinion, have different reasons. So I think... I don't necessarily think one or the other is better. Okay. I agree with that. And I also personally believe the way you grew up, because we were really, really a very, very colorful community here. Your friends that you grew up with, that you went to school with, and also that you spent a lot of time with, they came from all over the place. I mean, you were like a, a core group of four or five boys, or no, not just boys, friends, who were all from different places and It kind of shows me, and it's one thing that I always say in every single of these episodes, is that we are all the same. We all have the same desires. We all have the same need for safety and uh, for feeling comfortable and making a living. And um, I think you're, it's funny enough, your group represents that. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, uh, I think all of us had, you know, enough to eat, we had adequate resources, we got along well with each other and we had no problems, especially, you know, growing up and getting over these stereotypes which we are indoctrinated with, which make us look down upon people of different backgrounds, which are ridiculous. I think we've all, like, I am very happy that I can say that all of my friends, all of my close friends have evolved into very, um, people with a lot of solidarity, progressive people who understand that there aren't people who are worth less than others. And I really appreciate that. And yeah, within our group itself, it shows like it doesn't really matter as long as you, as long as you don't think the other person is gaining or is gaining from your loss, you know? So um, going back to what you said before about the last thing you did before you left Cyprus, you did 
12, no, 14 months yes. of the uh, of the army, the National Army Service in Cyprus. How does that feel looking back at those 14 months? That was uh, quite a, I don't want to say uh, not traumatizing, but it was uh, quite a difficult experience, was it? It was, in hindsight, it was, um, it wasn't too bad. I know it was a waste of time, but again, maybe it wasn't because I learned that you can wake up at any time during the night and just go do something pointless. And whenever I wake up very early these days, when I have to do something, I think, well, at least I don't have to go stand outside for two hours like I did in the army during guard duty. I think the brain... You know, when you remember, when you look back at stuff, you usually remember the most positive parts. I think the brain has quite a good mechanism for repressing or just, yeah, forgetting the negative parts of certain things. Unless, let's say, it would be beneficial for your survival because the brain also does that, of course, so that you don't die. But... um, I look back at the friendships I made. Um, I look back at the peace of just sitting down and sometimes even reading books when I wasn't too tired. But yeah, it was, it's, I wasn't also very politically aware at the time. I think if I went now, I would be much more reluctant because, because of what the army of Cyprus or armies in general represent. But um, yeah, it was it was an interesting experience also to to get to know people from around Cyprus that I wouldn't usually get the chance to. Yeah, I think it's a kind of a, a mixture of the real world, isn't it? Or because everybody has to go, and it's a, a mixture of every citizen, ordinary or special or whatever, understanding that again, everybody has to do the same thing. But um, listening to you and for those people who are listening to this episode, some of the stuff that you said just now sounded very professional. And that is because you have a bachelor's degree in psychology. So you know quite a a bit about the brain and how our mind works. And um, I sometimes think when I listen to you or when I talk to you that this studying psychology has showed you or helped you to get you to know yourself better. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think knowing more of a lot of things, especially for me, politics, but yeah, psychology, it's, it's a bit of a blessing and a curse because... It gives you more things to work on. It opens up more possibilities, but it also makes you aware of the the road you actually have to take, which is a very long one and a almost un, not really ever ending one. You know, the the acquiring of knowledge in all aspects is a very very complicated one, and that makes it fascinating and also quite overwhelming. Do you think it would be better or easier sometimes if we knew less? No, not at all. No, I think it's important. People say ignorance is bliss, but I think ignorance is inaction in a way, you know, and I'm not blaming people for not knowing things. I don't agree with ignorance is bliss. 
I don't agree with that either. I, I agree with you that it's not bliss because um, I think ignorance ignorance has also a lot to do with racism, for example, or, or it, it makes people complacent, maybe not complacent. I don't know what the right word is, but uh, ignorance, I agree, is definitely not bliss. Um, it's becoming very serious, so I want to go back a little bit to um, the good old times when we used to go to, when we used to travel and we had a lot of fun because you and your sister are very close in age and uh, you sort of, you always had each other. You always had a companion when we were traveling. Um, and we did talk about it in the previous episode, but it's such a long time ago that we can actually go back a little bit. Do you remember... What was your like favorite trip? Was it, we used to go to the States, to the US a lot, but we used to go to Switzerland a lot. Do you remember all these fun trips that we took to Switzerland? I have trouble remembering a lot of things from my childhood, um, but I can say some that I do, which is uh, going to your family house in Fleurly mm -hmm. in Lucerne. And staying with my cousins for a few days, I had the greatest time there. I remember that there was, I mean, there was so much green. There were huge fields where we would just play football and have a great time. Um, that was, you know, when I was younger. Yeah, I mean, I, I always liked skiing, but I don't remember any particular events except when the when Natalie's bag. Was oh lost. my god. <laughs> And I remember the ecstasy of finding that bag. Like, I think it was very close to midnight. It was New Year's Eve. Yes. And it, I pulled it out of the, the couch and I was like, here it is. I, like things like that, very strange things like that, I remember. New York, obviously, is epic. It's, uh, I would be interested to go to New York now as a, like a fully evolved, you know, like human, I guess. Because it's it's already overwhelming, but as a child, it's like you don't really experience these places, really. Yeah. So I think that an interesting thing would be to go back to the certain places where we've already been. But um, Canada, for example, I remember very fondly. Beautiful place. The thing about traveling with your parents or traveling as a child, you know, like you're saying, you don't, because you really, as a child, you don't really have any choice where you want to go because it's your parents who decide where you are going. And you were lucky because you had your little cousins in New York so we, and they were smaller. So we did do some fun things as well. We went to the zoo and we went to Central Park because your sister wanted to shop all the time, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember the first time that we actually let her loose. We were in Sydney in Australia and we were tired and sick of shopping. So we she was 15 and we decided to go to the gym of the hotel, you and I. And Natalie went shopping on her own. I don't remember that. Don't you? Wow. Yes. For the first time in her life. Um, at the age of 15 in Sydney, she went uh, to the to the shops by herself. Okay. And we had a fun time <laughs> at the gym. Now, all these traveling, all this um, understanding of the world, what we never did and what would have probably been interesting to do, and maybe that's something that you're going to have to do on your own, is 
we have always visited countries of the so-called first world. You've never really seen proper poverty in those countries that we have visited, because I know that your worldview of uh, you, you are very aware of a lot of injustice in this world. And, um, you know, would you be interested in going to places to see the difference, um, how, how people live differently? Yeah, of course. Um, I actually wanted to talk about this, um, going on these different trips recently as well, made me realize that even if you go to a place, you're, you're basically always in a bubble. And I think it's very important that we, we go to different places and we go and talk to the different people in these places to understand how these places actually are. A lot of the time we hear things from tourists, from friends who go there, who, and then we get an idea of the places from these people. And this idea is extremely biased. There's very, very, very small amount of people and a lot of the time quite privileged, obviously, because having the privilege to travel, not everyone has that. And I think a lot of people demonize different places and different, you know, structures that are in place because of this, because they hear, and a lot of, a lot of the, the racism, especially of like Southeast Asia comes from this kind of Orientalism where people from the West, from Europe would go there, see what happened, colonize, and then come back. And people still have the idea of these people about how it is there. So I, I think this is very important that we we travel, but we travel in an aware state, in a conscious state, and talk to the people and see what their opinions and their conditions are. It's got to do with respect, really, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it's got to do with respect and consciousness, like you said. Yes. Um However, though, if you want to do that, what you're saying, you need more time because most people just go to places for a week or two weeks and, you know, they go there on holidays and they don't really w have time to to do what you, you know, speak to people or, or um, often it's also a, a communication problem. And you have a plan in 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 uh, in at the end of this summer, you are going to go for uh, two semesters to China. I am, yeah, I'm very excited. What do you think is going to happen? Do you first of all, how did it come about? How, how did all this China situation come about? Why are you going to China? That's a good question. I I always have trouble answering it, but um, I just got interested in the, in the culture of China, the history of China. And um, I, a friend of mine was starting to learn a bit of Chinese. And then I went on holiday to Tuscany. And there was a sinologist, a Chinese studies professor, who was also at the same place. And she taught me a bit of Chinese and she told me a bit about it. And I think it was that which kind of pushed me towards choosing it as a minor in at uni because I was also not satisfied with the one I was doing at the time. So, I, yeah, 
that was pretty much it. And then a few years later, after taking an exam, they offered us a scholarship and I was lucky enough to get in. You said something before. You said that you were doing a minor and mm -hmm. you weren't happy with it. And this is something that I am a huge, um, how do you say that? I, I, I really, really recommend to people. Advocate. Advocate. When you do something that you don't like, change it. And you did that. If you have the possibility to. Yeah, of course. Yes, that is a very important point. We don't, not everybody has the possibilities that we have. Um, do you feel that because we have all those possibilities, we are part, we always discuss that, we are part of 8% of the world's population who have all these possibilities. Don't you also think sometimes that it, it, it's a bit of an obligation to have, to make the best? Don't you feel that we need to make the best of our lives because we have the possibilities? It's sometimes a little stressful too. I I wouldn't say it's stressful. I would say we should make the best of our lives. But we should. I think if we have enough, I think we should also make an effort to get involved and change other people's lives. How do we do that? Um, there's a lot you can do to again, like educate yourself, um, become more conscious of other people's struggles, and again, talk to. The people, if you have the opportunity to listen to the people and not just, you know, like the media. Of course, there are sources which are important to read and you can learn a lot from the media. But a lot of the time, the sources come from upper echelons. And sometimes you hear the, the opposite from just, you know, people living their lives. And um, there's a lot of things you can do. Do you sometimes feel that the reason why people don't speak to people maybe from a different color or a different culture, or it's fear? Some people are afraid. Fear? I mean, I don't think it's an inherent fear. I think it's something that's created, something. It's a scapegoat a lot of the time um, to push responsibility away from economic conditions and stuff like that. The migrant crisis is a big example. So it could be fear. It's it's an artificial fear. It's something that's created to it's conditioned. split people from yes. each other and yes. blame each other instead of blaming a, an inherently destructive system, in my opinion. It's conditioned and it's, it often also comes from, from parents who have fear, who, 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 were, who were also conditioned. Because also, again, not, not realizing that we are all the same and we all have the same needs. You recently traveled a little bit uh, differently uh, because I met you in Albania with your backpack. And um, I think it was your, was it your first experience staying in hostels or had you stayed before? I had stayed in one in Ireland, but that was not alone. So it was my first time traveling alone. So how did that feel? I loved it. I was in Vienna first in a hostel um, and then in Albania, in Tirana. Uh, I had a great time, very good time to, to open myself up. And really, I really talked to people who I didn't know because I didn't really, I wasn't really good at that. I'm generally 
getting better at it now. And it really helped me to, yeah, to get to know different people from different places, which you otherwise don't when you're traveling with someone else. So when you started it, did you know that you would like it or were you a little reluctant and maybe even a little sort of uh, insecure? I was a bit um, insecure, but uh, as soon as I started, I was happy. I realized people are more willing to talk to you than you think. And I don't know if it comes from the um, like closed off mentality of Zurich, which was polarized or... Maybe I'm giving it too little credit, but being forced to speak to people, I think that's what made the difference because I realized that people are willing to talk to you and you you won't find that out if you don't even attempt to. This is very true because it's like, it's the same, like the thing that I have taught you about asking. If you don't ask, you never know. If you ask, you have a 50% chance of a yes. And um, I think so you would definitely recommend to somebody who is maybe a little bit scared or reluctant to travel, they should do it. Just do it. Don't think about it too long. I mean, it's. I think you should think about it. I think you should uh, prepare for it. You should as much as you want to or can, or uh, there's a lot of sources online about stuff. But again, like, even if you do try to educate yourself on it online. People will have different opinions. People will come from different backgrounds and classes and react to these things differently. But what I found out about these people in hostels, they were always very friendly and very open because you almost have to be, because you're, especially if you're traveling alone. So I can really recommend hostels, yeah, for people who want to travel alone. You won't be alone. Yeah, I think because people people who do travel alone need somebody. So it's much easier really to start a conversation or start uh, go somewhere with somebody else. Because when you are with somebody, you don't normally have this need to go and meet somebody else. Yeah. And a hostel sets this up. You know, it's not really weird to just strike up a conversation with someone because two people alone in a hostel will want to talk to someone and people just start conversations and then great things happen. How about safety? Because um, you, okay, you, you traveled. I remember you once traveled by train. You traveled by train to London, didn't you? You stopped over in Paris. I did, yeah. Have you ever had a moment in your life during traveling when you felt scared or unsafe? No. Why is that? Do you think people... Is, is it the way we behave? What's, what, what makes us feel unsafe You're, uh, from a psychological point of view as a professional? <laughs> I'm not a professional, but um, I understand why women feel unsafe. It's a shame, but it's, it's the truth that um, women have reasons to feel unsafe, especially if they're walking alone at night, especially. Um, so I guess being a man could take away some fear which I, I is, is ridiculous but it's the way it is at the moment I don't know yeah I mean when I traveled alone I don't I didn't really travel it at night or you know I was always getting from place to place I was in a train mm-hmm. 
or on a bus or I haven't really been to quote unquote dangerous places. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there is what another thing that is very important when you are traveling, no matter whether you're alone or with somebody, it's 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 also maybe important to identify the so-called dangerous places. And even if they're not dangerous, but there are certain things that we can avoid. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, going into a impoverished neighborhood with a Rolex and I don't know, in a in an expensive car, I understand that that would give these people a bad impression of you because it's just unfair. People sometimes, yeah, they experience something which they f- think is unfair and it's like, well, yeah, I'm not, I don't advocate violence, of course, but sometimes it's just a result, a result, a of result of a reaction. I yes. Guess. I don't know. Um, you have been quite far already. What did we counted the countries the other day? How many countries have you been to? 21. 21. 22. You're young. Yeah. You still have a lot of traveling to do. Um, do you have, I know that this is a stupid question and I ask it everybody. <laughs> do you have a favorite place in the world? Oh, um, do I have a favorite country? A country or area? Or just a particular place? No, not a, not inherently. It changes. It changes with different... There is one place that I, I came to mind for now, which is um, my ex-girlfriend's aunt's um, little house in Tuscany. Beautiful. Yes. It's so relaxing. It's like kind of an anarcho-primitivist experiment where you flush the toilet with buckets and stuff like that. Limited water and stuff, but beautiful, beautiful place. There are all sorts of different... Maybe you're going to have to flush your toilet with buckets in China. Who knows? Yeah, the second largest (laughs) economy. I'm just teasing you. Because I have to tease you a little bit. You are my son. And uh, we are already getting quite the... Uh, I'm looking at the at the time. This is fun. I, ha- I wasn't expecting to have such a an, um, great... Ex- well, I was expecting to have a great experience. That's a silly <laughs> thing to say. But we have, we have covered a lot of stuff. We have. And um, I, is there anything else that you would want to... For, for people who are listening to this, uh, to this episode... As a young man, as a con- you're a very conscientious young man. You're very aware of the injustice on in this world. You try to change things. You you have probably also in the meantime realized that it's quite difficult to change things. What can we do to make the world a better place? Do your own research. Get over this idea that nothing can be done because it is very hard, but it can be and it has in the past, and be more objective, be well-rounded in trying to understand things. Because if you're well-rounded, then most of the time you will get closer to the truth. When you say well-rounded, do you also... um... Like from all sides. Yes. Or from the, you know, it's impossible to look at something from all sides, but... Uh, but do you also does that also include compassion being compassionate about people i might personally look at things from a more rational you know scientific basis but 
I think compassion is probably better a better asset to have than not being compassionate. Uh, I don't think compassionate, com- like being compassionate is necessarily like always good, you know, like being compassionate with fascists or murderers is then like for me counterproductive because some people are like, you know, free speech and even like be compassionate to them because of like the past. That's maybe where I draw the line. But yes, I think we should be compassionate as much as we can in a, from, yeah, from a rational perspective. Very nice. So, Alexi, our next interview will be upon your return from China. In Chinese. No. <laughs> but, well, I will I will maybe allow you to say a few things in Chinese, but I will not be able to understand. So it's going to be in English again. But um, I am very, very much looking forward to that. And, of course, I'm also going to come and visit you in China because that's... Uh, basically why I brought you guys up the way you did, because I wanted to make sure that I will find reasons to travel (laughs) with you or to come and visit you. And um, I want to thank you for spending time with me. Thank you very much for being on Most Memorable Journeys today, Alexander Dufexis. Thank you. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.